Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. So what's your gay origin story? Hopefully it involves just as many dicks as mine does. So here we are. We made it. Another year in the bag. And as we sit here in this moment at the very tail end of December... 2022, I, you know, around this time frame, you guys, I always get just a little bit like reflective on the year. And I kind of just take a step back, go through all the moments in my mind, like all the things that I've grown through, all the things that I've learned through, all the things that I've fumbled through, all the things that I fucked up through, just all of it, put it all together like a puzzle and just try to see how much value I can take away from the entire year in regards to this show and apply that into all the shit that I need to do for the show moving forward in 2023. And, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, at this moment, one year ago, like today, I do think that I remember recording on the show that I do feel very fervently that 2022 will be the year of Ronnie Washburn. And you guys, I said it and I put it into the universe. And guess what? I was fucking right. This year has been so fucking incredible for my gay expose podcast in ways that I couldn't possibly ever describe. I mean, we're literally sitting here in this moment at like 110,000 listens for the entirety of the show. I've got a hundred and... 26 out of the 196 countries that have listened to the show, thousands of cities, all 50 states in the United States. I mean, really, we're getting thousands and thousands, you guys, of new listeners each and every episode that I publish. I'm just blown away by the numbers, and I just can't believe every single morning when I wake and I look at my analytics app that that many more people are now listening to my gay expose podcast. But here's the thing, you guys, I am getting bombarded and overwhelmed with all these newbies who are chiming in on my like DMs and emails, etc. And asking all of these questions about shit that I might say on the show that I kind of feel they might have already known had they been listening from the beginning. So for that reason, I really just need all of you, including the newbies, to just know that in this moment, I am currently sitting ranked number 14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. And I need you to know all the reasons why that's actually a fucking thing. So sit back, relax, 
put on that condom or pop your prep pill and let's explore the entire notion of what it means to re-expose my gay origin story. You are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that really just is the biggest misguided attempt at introducing a self-deprecating motherfucker like myself to the entire podcast world. My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore the entire notion of what it means to really just be the biggest fucking hot mess of all time, otherwise known as Ronnie Washburn. You know, listen, here's the thing. So this show is growing at such an exciting rate and we're just accruing all of these new listeners each and every fucking week that I know none of you are listening from the beginning and none of you are going to take the time to figure out like, who the fuck is this guy? Why does he say what he's saying? Why is he so fucking deranged and messy and crazy and and talking about all that bullshit that nobody's talking about out there? And why is he so blunt, candid, direct, and has no fucks to give? Who is this Ronnie Washburn? (laughs) Where I came from, what I'm doing now, where I'm going, and what's happening? What's next? What's in store for 2023 with Ronnie Washburn? We'll all be revealed this week. And what are the first two words that you think of when you see the words Ronnie Washburn? That's the question that was asked this week to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners, in your gay expose segment. So, (laughs) oh, God. And honestly, like, I put a little clause at the bottom when I sent out the fucking question to just tell everybody to be honest. So I have a feeling that so many of you out there are really just going to come for me. (laughs) And I'm perfectly okay with that. That is what this show is really all about. But first, before we actually open up those deep gay walk of shame archives and explain all the reasons why I am the biggest Castro slut in the podcast world. First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's re-expose. The segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes. 
that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, you came for me and I felt like I needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, fuck, God, what the fuck was I even trying to say there? Ugh, Jesus, what a goddamn mess. That definitely merits a re-expose. <laughs> God, you guys. Okay, so listen, so many people asked questions about last week's episode, <laughs> Ginger's Taste Better, but we're fuck all those questions. We're going to focus on the most important piece of the puzzle that's just recently come to my attention over the course of the last few exposés and a perfect thing to focus on for this week's re-expose segment. So if you've been listening along to the Your Gay Expose segment, where I reach out to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners, and ask any specific question that relates to whatever that topic of conversation is that week, you've probably noticed that there's two individuals that are consistently just bringing their shit to the party. (laughs) And I'm talking about Kevin and Daryl. And it literally, you guys, it's becoming like this whole like Daryl slash Kevin face off in regards to like who can make me laugh the hardest as I'm reading their fucking answers live on the goddamn show. I love it. It's so fucking entertaining. So I'm just going to play a few of the clips of some of the shit that they've sent in in the past. And just keep in mind, you're not going to know like based on the answers that they give why I'm fucking laughing, but it's based on whatever the question was. And some of their answers are so fucking beyond that I just find myself laughing so hard that I can't even fucking record. (laughs) And I fucking love it. And you guys, listen, this is the shit that I want on this Yorge Expose segment. So for all of you out there who don't know what I'm talking about, go back through the last like four or five fucking episodes and listen to Daryl or Kevin's answer. And now you know exactly what it is that you need to bring to each and every one of the answers you give for fucking the Your Gay Expose segment. And I don't want to hear any more of these boring generic answers, you guys. Keep that shit funny. So let's hear some of these moments where I literally can't even talk straight because they have me laughing so hard. <laughs> Kevin says... <laughs> this fucking bitch! Once again, Kevin, once again, Kevin doesn't disappoint with this fucking answer. Oh my fucking God, I can't. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Kevin says as follows. If the dick is pink, then I'm in. <laughs> Daryl says... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just absolutely fucking love this answer. Daryl says as follows. You guys, I just recently met Daryl and he cracks me the fuck up on a regular basis. So I am actually looking forward to a lot of his answers in future Your Gay Expose segments. But Daryl says as follows. Depends on the crowd. And if I know people, a normal night, one to two, but a night out with post-college jocks, seven to eight. If it's circuit twinks, it's one, since they're all drinking G. (laughs) 
the best part about this answer is he's absolutely fucking right. <laughs> Kevin says. <laughs> oh my fucking god, this fucking bitch. Oh god, I, I don't even know if I should read this shit. <laughs> Kevin says as follows. Yeah, sure. Why not? Boys are always a dime a dozen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You are not winning any sensitivity awards uh, at all. (laughs) So stupid. Daryl says... Oh, my God. Okay, Daryl says as follows. If they are cute and are smart, then yes. If they also are a sub-cum dump, then hell yes. (laughs) Oh, my fucking... Do you guys see the people that I surround my fucking self with? (laughs) Honestly, I love it, though. (laughs) Kevin says yes. Absolutely. I 100% shame eat often. First of all, this bitch is skinny as shit. So this is... <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Anyway. So Kevin continues. I actually feel the same way going through a fast food drive through than I do in a pharmacy buying condoms, lube, and a douche. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, I can kind of relate, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you know, it doesn't make any sense because you don't know what the question is and why they answered the way that they did or why the fuck I'm even laughing. But you guys, I can't even contain myself. I'm just laughing my fucking ass off. You know, my straight brother, Ryan, almost always delivers a pretty a pretty funny answer for the most part. You know, every once in a while he has like some like therapeutic and like philosophical answer for like the answers. And I appreciate those as well. But you guys really, I just want to keep this shit funny. So just step up your fucking game. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. And I can't wait to see how many of you try your very best to get in on this Daryl and Kevin Rivalry. Come on, bring it on. I need more. (laughs) So before we segue into the rest of this week's expose, I just want to remind you, come on, you guys, I really need your help. Please, please, please donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. Links in all of my bios on every social media format. Links in this show notes of the last like 12 exposes. Links in every single one of my websites. If you pretty much Google Ronnie Washburn. You can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. I'm trying really hard to raise $5,000 before June of 2023 to like do my part to contribute to such an incredible organization. And if you need any further information on any of that shit, feel free to reach out to me and ask me all the reasons why I need you to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey.
get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a all eyes on me in the center of a ring, just like a circus. Themed undertone first. Let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners. When you see the two words that spell out Ronnie Washburn, what are the first two descriptive words that you think of that fully describe him? So in other words, what do you think of when you see my fucking name? Give me two different things that you think would describe me and why. (laughs) This shit is always so much fun because it really just brings me back to fucking reality. (laughs) Oh my God, this is going to be a fucking hot ass mess. So let's get some of those responses now. Michael says, rebellious and fun. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) Monish says, slut and whore. (laughs) Oh, girl, you know me so well. (laughs) Sergio says, poppers bottom. Derek says, a loud screamer. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Use your imagination uh, with that one. (laughs) He's absolutely not wrong, though. (laughs) My straight brother Ryan says as follows, extra. I have enough trouble reading regular names, so just extra. Times two. (laughs) Yeah, he's not wrong either. (laughs) Joe says, um, who? (laughs) Yes, girl, I love this answer. (laughs) Roberto says, a dirty slut. Not surprised with this answer. (laughs) Abraham says, whenever I hear the name Ronnie Washburn, I think a sparkly mess. (laughs) Touche, bitch. (laughs) Touche. Victor says, (laughs) just... Oh my God, you guys, this is one of my closest friends. He really literally just wrote, no dash buddy. (laughs) There's so many hidden innuendos in this one fucking phrase. (laughs) Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) Andrew says, big and huge. Oh, did you think I meant your dick size? No, I meant your personality. (laughs) wow oh my god michael number two says loud 
but entertaining. <laughs> it's like a backhanded fucking compliment if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Joseph said, I think fierce and outspoken. <laughs> well, thank you for the fierce. An outspoken could be taken as a fucking insult, but you're not wrong. <laughs> Walter says... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Walter says as follows. <laughs> Sucking dick at Q-Bar while holding the bathroom door closed. So, you guys, do you remember when I talked about this story in the White Girl Slash Claw Wasted Expose? Walter was the friend that was with me that night that I, like, he was with me when we got to the bar. And then I snuck off with that guy and went into the bathroom and all that shit. So, yeah, Walter witnessed all of this go down firsthand. <laughs> ben says, extreme. And a little too extra. <laughs> I'm starting to sense a fucking theme here. <laughs> Listen, I fucking openly embrace that shit. <laughs> Jason says... <laughs> wow! <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh my god, this is harsh. <laughs> Jason, thank God Jason's one of my fucking closest friends. Jason says as follows, filtered narcissist. <laughs> Takes one to fucking no one, bitch. <laughs> Paul says, cheap slut. <laughs> Ellie says, the most active member on the group text. <laughs> you guys, oh my God, it's only because of this fucking show. It's all questions for the show. I can't, like, I literally, where do I unfollow this group? <laughs> Jonathan says, <laughs> patient zero. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys, all of these answers are just fucking filled with, like, like inside stories. Oh my god, this was the worst fucking idea ever. <laughs> Kevin says... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Kevin says... The Castro Slut. <laughs> Takes one to know one, bitch. <laughs> oh my fucking god. God, you guys are fucking relentless. You know, it is kind of my fault. I did specify in each of the texts as a disclaimer below the actual question itself to be honest, keep it funny, and just come for me. <laughs> so. You did just that. That was like a fucking roast. 
Oh my God, I fucking love it. Do you, see, you see how I was trying to convince you in the re-expose segment this week that this is exactly how I want each and every one of these Your Gay Expose segments to go! Laughing my fucking ass off at every single fucking answer. And you did such a good job this week, you guys. <laughs> and now that you've read me to complete and total filth, let's get my gay expose and you'll get all the reasons why. If you're a new listener, you just have to know what exactly is my gay origin story. guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. When life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host, popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom, that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. And welcome to the reintroduction of Ronnie Washburn. <laughs> oh my fucking God, you guys. So here's the deal. This shit this week is really just all about me. So I just, I feel like we have such a big audience now that has not been with us the entire journey. So I just need to take you very briefly along that entire journey. So you know a little bit more about who I am, where I came from, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and where I'm going with all of it. (laughs) And then hopefully all of this shit will just make so much more sense to you moving forward. But first, let's start from the beginning. So, you know, like every typical fucking gay story... I was that little feminine gay boy that was just ridiculed mercilessly by all of the kids on the playground because I was feminine. I mean, last week we visited the idea that it's because I was ginger as well. So let's just say as I grew into my teen years, I was so beyond insecure that it was just like so fucking crippling in my mind that I was just so unsure of myself, so shy, so withdrawn from everybody, from new things, from life. I just, anything that just seemed familiar is 
what I attached to, and I didn't want to fucking try anything new. And fast forward to now, and I am like all fucking in. I am like the biggest social butterfly, like anything new. You want me to go fucking bungee jumping with you? You want me to go skydiving? You want me to jump off of a fucking cliff? And like, yeah, I'm in. That it's like, I am the exact opposite of what I was ass, that little boy. But you guys, listen, here's the thing. I discovered that I was gay, like when I was like 10, when I was sitting watching TV with my fucking parents, watching that glorious Mark Wahlberg, Calvin Klein underwear ad back in the 80s as a 10-year-old little boy getting a boner for the fucking first time and realizing as I looked at that chiseled, gorgeous body that that was just something that I found so delicious. And I was so young, I didn't fucking know why, but I just knew that men, that was, that was it for me. I love men. I love men. But there was a problem. My parents were the most strict, Republican, God-fearing, and pushy, overbearing, and very strict Christian parents that I really could ever possibly imagine anyone ever having. I mean, you literally take the strict aspect in anybody's dynamic of their parents when they try to describe it to you. I'm pretty confident that I took the cake. I mean, we could sit here all day long and talk about all the reasons why back and forth my parents were more strict than yours, but I'm here to tell you As a kid, we couldn't do anything if it was non-Christian. Nothing. Like, like literally, we were forced into our church pants every single fucking Sunday morning because our parents just were that dynamic. That was their feel, their vibe, their moment. And when I discovered that I was gay, I kind of knew that I wasn't supposed to be gay before I even fucking knew what being gay was. Like, I was too young to even understand it fully. I just knew this thing that I was, like, discovering about myself as a little boy was something that I just wasn't allowed to be. So, as a result, I grew my entire life playing a role of a straight kid. And, you know, listen, I'm here to tell you I wasn't winning any fucking Oscar nominations or any fucking Academy Awards or any of that bullshit. I wasn't playing a convincing role because as I mentioned before, I was the most feminine little gay boy that you could possibly ever imagine to a place that when I was in high school, I was so gay and all the kids made so much fun of me for being gay because of course my parents had me enrolled in like a private Christian school. And so I was so like insecure about knowing that I was gay and so brainwashed into thinking that that's just something I wasn't supposed to be, that I did my very best to prove to everyone that surrounded themselves with me that I wasn't gay, that I I was in fact straight. And again, wasn't convincing anybody at all whatsoever, but I did feel that I had to prove to everybody around me that I was straight, even to a place where I had several girlfriends, had a fucking son by mistake, but like ended up being the best thing that's ever fucking happened to me. And that's a whole another expose in itself, but just really had to figure that entire dynamic out of what I thought I had to be and not really embracing who I really was supposed to be as a gay man. And as I got into my twenties 
and continued to play this role because I didn't want to disappoint my parents, I very quickly realized that after I broke up with my son's mom and I was living on my own once again, that I was just so fucking sick of pretending and lying and like masturbating to fucking gay porn in secret and then deleting all the cookies off my iPhone because I didn't want anybody else to accidentally stumble on the shit that I was searching. It was just such a like rough time in that closet, I have to say. But in 2009, I came out of the closet by accident. So I met this guy on Adam for Adam because I had officially decided that I was so sick of playing this role that I was ready to explore what it meant to be gay. And so I was working at this place that had a very open and out loud and proud gay man. So I befriended him. And I'll never forget it, you guys. He set me up with my very first Adam for Adam account. You guys remember Adam for Adam, right? I know the kids don't know what Adam for Adam is. It's not an app on your phone. This was even before smartphones. Oh my God, I'm so fucking showing my age right now. But it was like this computer pixelated bullshit where you created a profile and it basically was like a way for you to like hook up with gay men it was it was the pre-grinder before grinder was in existence and so i met this guy who was in the military and stationed in the sacramento area where i was born and raised and lived most of my life and because back in 2009 we were in that moment of don't ask don't tell he wasn't really able to be out of the closet either. And so this was the perfect situation for me because I was trying to explore my gayness, learn what it meant to be a gay man because I had no gay men around me. I didn't really know what I was fucking doing. And so I explored all of those firsts with this guy that I had met on Adam for Adam. And he introduced me to all of his military friends and they all couldn't be out either. And in 2009, we went to our very first San Francisco gay pride event. And it was my first one, you guys. And I, oh God, I just, I will never forget that shit as long as I fucking live. It was the most amazing fucking moment of just seeing everything around me celebrating gay and just everybody being so fucking gay. And just, I just knew that this is where I was supposed to be. And I remember on that weekend having so much fun with those guys having the blast, the time of my life. And I knew that when I went back to Sacramento, I was done pretending. I just had to come out of the fucking closet. I just had to come out to my friends, my family, and most importantly, and most terrifying, my parents. And that was the actual goal. On that weekend in 2009, when I came home, I was gonna officially come out to everyone And, you know, I started coming out to friends, close friends, one by one. Everybody was really receiving it well. I wasn't having any problems. But the parents, that was the one that I was just having a really fucking tough time with and was really terrified to do. So we got home that Sunday evening to Sacramento. And I remember walking up to my apartment that evening, having to get up early the next Monday morning to go to work and all of it. And I mean... This was back when Facebook was doing, like, Facebook Messenger was still just like your private inbox, but it wasn't disassociated. It was still linked to the actual Facebook app. I know the kids don't know what that is either, but that was actually a thing at one point. And it just so happens that Facebook, coincidentally, on this very same weekend, launched their very first 
new feature called tagging, where you could actually tag people in photos and other people on your timeline would see these photos that you were tagged in. And I had no fucking clue what it was. So there was this girl in San Francisco that was following us around that was friends with one of the guys in our group. And she was just taking all these photos. And long story short, turns out she worked for Facebook. So she tagged me and some of the other guys in all these photos. And uh, you guys, the rest is history. Facebook actually is responsible for me accidentally being outed to my parents. And I will never forget that phone call from my mother the next day as long as I fucking live, you guys. She was screaming. She was crying. She was telling me I was killing her. All the things that you don't want to fucking hear from your mom, she was telling me. And, you know, the one thing that she said to me that was the most hurtful thing of all was she just screamed out, you're going to die from AIDS. You're going to get AIDS. And that's actually an important piece to this puzzle that we're going to revisit later because that actually is a that statement that came out of her mouth that hurt my feelings so bad in that moment because all I wanted was my parents to accept me for who I truly was. And I didn't understand why these closed-minded people would not embrace the true Ronnie Washburn for being an out loud and proud gay man. Why did they want me to not be who I really was? And why was my mom sitting there on the phone screaming at me, telling me that I was going to die from AIDS? So we'll revisit that moment later. But the cat was out of the bag and I was just fucking gay. So I then started dating and kind of hooking up here and there in the gay scene and started really just starting to work my way through what it meant to be a gay late in life. I didn't really experience any of the gay sex and gay hookups and gay dating or any of it until like my super late 20s. So it was all really very new to me. And I started getting into these relationships, like one right after another, one right after another, one right after another, until my, like, I think it was like my sixth serious boyfriend in a row. I had dumped each and every one of them because I had just rushed way too soon. And all of those relationships figured out that I actually didn't even like them as people and then just moved on, broke things off with him, moved on. So this specific breakup, this sixth guy, he happened to be a little bit dramatic. And so it kind of ended up being a really bad breakup. He was sort of trying to make my life a living hell after I broke up with him. And so because of all of that drama, I just, I really just needed to get out of town. So I hit up my friend, Justin, who just so happened to live in San Francisco. And I was like, hey, can I just come stay with you for the weekend. I really just need to fucking get away. I just broke up with uh, Alan and it's drama, drama, drama. And I just, I just need to get out of town for a weekend. Can I just come hang out with you for the weekend? And so I did just that. But you guys, what I didn't know about this San Francisco trip was I was about to meet somebody that was actually going to change my life in a way that I thought would be one way, but actually changed my life in a completely different way. I was in San Francisco just getting bombarded by grinder inquiry after grinder inquiry after grinder inquiry because after all, I was new meat in the city. And now that I've lived in San Francisco for almost eight years at this moment, I fully fucking understand that anytime anyone has like visiting or just touches down brand new, 
in the city. They're fucking new meat and they are going, there's like a fucking target on your goddamn back. Like every guy is going to try to get in your ass. And that's just fucking fact. I mean, I'm kind of guilty of it too. Whenever I see a newbie in town, (laughs) like I kind of want to get to him before everybody else does. I think we can all unanimously agree that we do just that. But I met this one guy and I ended up like meeting him at a bar that night and we just fucking hit it off and everything was amazing. And I ended up spending the night with him and I ended up having to drive home the next morning and we it just clicked. It, it was good. Everything was great. We had a blast. It was, it was everything. And we liked each other and we started dating long distance. I was living in Sacramento. He was living in San Francisco. I'd go see him on my two days off. He'd come see me on his two days off and things were just going really well. And you guys, it was 2013. Just so happened to be the year that gay marriage was legal, like legally federally recognized. And so I think we were on that little high. And so, you know, we met in February of 2013. We started dating officially in March of 2013. We got engaged in July of 2013, and we were married in October of 2013. That's right, folks. You didn't hear wrong. That was all in the same fucking year. I literally moved at the speed of light. But the biggest regret and mistake that I felt I made in that moment was the fact that I married somebody that I still didn't really even know that well. And when he quit his job and moved to Sacramento, I quickly realized that I really didn't know him very well at all. And our marriage just wasn't like what I thought it would be. You know, we all have that grandiose notion of like puppies and kittens and white picket fences and happily ever after. And yeah, that's all fucking bullshit. Like our marriage just began to deteriorate right before our very eyes. And truth be told, I have a feeling that my ex, he just didn't care for Sacramento. Like he just didn't like it there. And I don't think he was willing to admit that to me out loud. And and so as time went on and a couple years passed, I'll never forget him coming home and telling me straight to my face that he got a job offer in San Francisco and he just so happened to land a room in an apartment at the same time. And he gave me the option to either come with him or stay here in Sacramento. And he would come visit me and my son on his days off. And I instantly was like, first of all, what the actual fuck? Second of all, we were having problems big time in our relationship. So I think that I thought in the back of my mind that if I just gave everything up in Sacramento and moved to San Francisco with him, that that would improve things. And third of all, wait, wait, hold on. Time out. You got a room? You actually got a fucking room. So this was all premeditated and you didn't even tell me That should have been the red flag, you guys, but I didn't see it. I was blinded by the premise or the notion that possibly we could somehow salvage this marriage by going on this San Francisco journey together. But you guys, it was literally like four months before I walked in to our shared bedroom at at the time in our Pacific Heights apartment. And I basically told him that it was like, I was so like exhausted mentally from trying to make our relationship work and it just wasn't working anymore. And I think it was time for us to visit the idea of divorce. And we did just that. And you guys, I was terrified. I was four months new to a city that I knew absolutely fucking nothing about. And that 
in itself was just beyond terrifying. I began to revert to those old moments of me being a child and being so introverted and like shy and scared and terrified because it was all new. It wasn't my regular routine. It wasn't my norm. I just didn't know what the fuck I was going to do next. So looking back on all of it, sitting here in this moment, I really just believe that I was supposed to meet my ex-husband. Not because we were not going to work out or end in divorce, etc., but because he was the reason that brought me to San Francisco. Like, I was supposed to be in San Francisco. In fact, in every single fucking thing that I write, talk about on this show, the, like, just the visuals that exude any and all things Ronnie Washburn, there is some type of San Francisco element throughout every single fucking thing that I have my hand in for a very strategic reason because I just fell head over heels in love with this beautiful city of San Francisco and I am so forever grateful and thankful that I met my ex-husband randomly at that bar on that day on that weekend trip to get my mind away from that messy breakup and I met him and we hit it off and we got married and then we divorced and now I'm here by myself in San Francisco and don't know what's next. So as usual, I met another boy and we started dating and he helped me find an apartment in the Castro. He really just introduced me to every single fucking thing that I needed to like know about what it meant to live in the city. And I'm so forever grateful and thankful for Brayden because like if it wasn't for him, I would don't know what I would have done. I would have been fucking lost as shit. I mean, I probably would have figured it out eventually, but he is solely responsible for, like, just making me fully understand about city living, which, by the way, is, like, far fucking different from where I was used to in Sacramento, for sure. But, you know, that didn't last long either. We broke things off about a year later, and truth be told, Brayden is, to this day, one of my best friends, that person I have on every single fucking emergency contact bullshit. He is that one friend that I can trust more than anyone else in this fucking world. And I'm so grateful and thankful for him in my life still. But we were done romantically. It was time for me to move on. This is what I like to call and refer to as my gay walk of shame era. The era between 2017 and 2021, where I just decided it was time for me to stop getting in all of these fucking relationships and just be single and ready to mingle in the biggest fucking gay city in the world. And you guys, I did just that. In fact, I was a little too extra. I was hooking up with guys left and right. Any sexual encounter, story, whatever you could possibly muster up from any hookup scenario, I could almost rest assured that I could probably top your story. Like almost hands down, guaranteed even to a place where I'm writing a fucking book on just these stories because they're so fucking epic and I just have to. The world needs to hear that this is the shit that somebody goes through when they're a raging slut like I am in San Francisco. <laughs> but so what I decided was because I was still working in the restaurant industry because when I moved here with my ex-husband, even though I had like my degree from college, I still was like, all I had on my resume was restaurants, but the restaurant business 
in the city was just so much more financially lucrative than anything that ever came out of Sacramento. And so I just felt like I was stuck. And so you, I just kept working in restaurant after restaurant after restaurant after restaurant. And it just began to get a little mundane, a little boring. And I was starting to really just get miserable. So I got really close with this one coworker that I like worked with all the time. And so I would go on these hookup adventures and sleep with all these guys at random. And then I would come to work each day and I would tell him all of my sexcapades, all my stories, all of my infamous gay walk of shame situations. And randomly, he just looked at me and he was like, dude, you should just write all this shit down. And in that moment, I had this light bulb moment of, holy shit, I should start a blog. And you guys, that is when in 2017, Gay Walk of Shame was born. A blog that I wrote weekly where literally each entry was every specific individual sex encounter that I had ever had in regards to like that specific topic of conversation. I mean, you name it, I fucking talked about it. Dirty butt sex, like dildos and toys, like situations where I showed up and the guy had like a dungeon and I had no idea that that's what I was walking into. Like situations where I found myself doing those gay walk of shame situations home naked. Like you name it, I fucking did it. And he was right. I really did need to like write some of these fucking stories down because I felt like the rest of the world needed to hear all of this fun, crazy bullshit that I was putting myself through. So, you know, it kind of got a lot of attention. And as the blog continued to grow and flourish and a couple of years passed, I started really getting tired of just writing about sex. I really wanted to expand my writing horizons. So I started freelance writing for mostly people who were trying to like start up new businesses in regards to like them starting up their very own website. So I would like start to write the content for people's websites because what I was learning is that I was a really fucking good writer. I could fucking slay a story like you would never believe. And you could take something so boring like Bob's Hardware and I could breathe so much life into that boring, mundane information that you first read when you go on his website that I was just like getting referral after referral after referral after referral. And you guys, the money was just so good. And I was loving it. And it was everything. And I was just reveling in that moment. And then just like that, I had several people who were inquiring suddenly pull out because of the sexual explicit material in Gay Walk of shame. And that's the moment, you guys, I realized I had to lock it down. I had to shut it off. I couldn't do it anymore. It was like getting to a place where my writing was becoming something. And now I had something in my life that was beginning to tarnish that. And I sort of felt like I was being so blunt, candid, and direct, and just being the exact opposite of my personality like I was as a little boy then maybe it was just a little too much. Maybe it was just a little too extra. Maybe I needed to put that away, lock it up, and throw away the key and never open it ever fucking again. And I did just that. But unfortunately, the gay walk of shame shit continued to follow. I started getting to these situations where I would go out with friends and then people would be like, hey, are you that gay walk of shame guy? And it's just like, I couldn't shake that reputation. It just continued to follow me wherever 
I go. And then, you guys, something happened. This thing called COVID-19. And we went into lockdown and our entire world just completely got flipped upside down. And I honestly fervently believe that COVID is solely responsible for wiping out that gay walk of shame chapter in my life and just creating a like a fresh, clean slate for me. And and I was able to kind of move on and do something else. And like, what else could I do creatively aside from writing a sexually explicit blog that would take me to a little bit more of a serious level? What can I do to just sort of still continue to tell my stories, but maybe not always tell them sexually and, and just tell them in a very gay perspective? And like, what could I possibly do to create that? So in 2020, like all of us were, we were all bored as shit in lockdown. And so I decided to create this very show, my gay expose podcast. And I, I decided to take some of the material that I wrote in those gay walk of shame blogs and sort of mix them into like real everyday gay society life and just blend the two and just present it in a weekly podcast. You guys, at the beginning, I was overly ambitious, very fucking green, did not really know what I was doing. In fact, when I go back through and listen to some of those fucking episodes, I cringe at how I actually thought that that shit would be considered entertaining. (laughs) And now, as I sit here in this moment, I'm actually sitting here, currently ranked number 14 of the top 100 best LGBTQ plus podcasts of all time. It took me almost three years, you guys, to figure my shit out in this podcast bullshit. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I created some of the most terrible episodes of all time. I had to re-record some old episodes. I had to delete some old episodes. I really just had to edit out a lot of the shit that I was so completely and utterly and entirely embarrassed about. And I'm now, I've learned so much, you guys. I've come such a long way. And I just really fully have this huge picture in my mind exactly what it is that I'm doing and where I need to go with this show. And it's just been so fucking successful and the momentum it just keeps building and I'm so fucking excited for what's coming in the future and I've got so much exciting shit planned for 2023 for the show that you have no fucking idea what you're in for and you just wait because you're not gonna see it coming it's gonna be fucking incredible but you guys I have to say you the listeners are the best part of this show if it wasn't for you I wouldn't fucking be here doing this shit each and every week. I wouldn't be expanding on this fucking empire. I wouldn't be continuously getting opportunity after opportunity if I didn't perfect my podcasting craft. And, you know, I honestly have to say, there. I'm sure there's so much more that I have yet to learn. And I'm so fucking excited to do just that, to fall on my ass and just continue to learn. But you guys, the one thing that I want to circle back on is my new burning fire to like establish myself as an HIV AIDS advocate. As you may be fully aware, because I talk about it so many times on this show until I'm fucking blue in the face, I participated in the 2022 AIDS life cycle journey in June. And it just fucking changed my life in such an incredible way, you guys, that listening 
to all the stories from the people that I met on that week-long bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles changed everything about me to a place where now I have this burning desire to be a part of something like an AIDS life cycle, to create my very own HIV AIDS advocacy cause somewhere, somehow. I mean, I've already kind of started it with my new bossy power bottom wear line where I have one specific t-shirt that is called the U equals U, which the front of it says undetectable equals untransmittable. So let's fuck. And 100% of the proceeds go directly to the AIDS life cycle. So I'm, I'm already starting in a very minor spot with that specific piece. And you guys, I foresee myself participating in the AIDS life cycle every year until the day I fucking die. That's how impactful it was on my life. But the one thing I have to say in regards to being an AIDS and HIV advocate that I hold near and dear to my heart. As I think back, all the way back, I sit back and reflect. And 2009, when I I was accidentally outed by Facebook in a tagged photo at Gay Pride in San Francisco, and my mom called me screaming, you will die from AIDS. You're gonna get AIDS. And you guys, I'm here to tell you that sentence that I continuously replay over and over and over in my mind that uttered out of my mom's lips is the one thing that makes me want to be such a big part of this HIV AIDS advocacy journey in ways that you will never understand. Because it's sort of my middle finger, so to speak, to my mother. In other words, I'm taking that AIDS aspect that she just stigmatized on me because I came out as gay. And I'm kind of throwing it back in her face and dedicating like my entire life to an organization that prevents, that helps, that hopefully one day will cure the whole HIV and AIDS cause. I mean, why would I not want to be involved with like something that affects my community in such a significant way? And I'm so fucking proud I'm so excited and I can't wait to see what's coming with all of that shit in 2023. So you guys, listen, I know that I talk about hooking up with guys all the time. I know that I talk about being a drunk ass hot mess on the show all the time, doing that gay walk of shame all the time, writing, doing this very show. But the one thing that I constantly like and continuously talk about ever since I broke up with my last ex and have been single this entire time is that I am constantly dating. I am constantly talking to new guys. I am on all the apps. I'm doing all of it. And it's challenging the more attention you get from something like a My Gay Expose podcast. But the one thing I will say is that throughout all of this journey, no matter who I end up with, where I go, what I do with my life, etc., the one true love of my life is this show. This show will always be that relationship that I will have that has one of the most important in my entire life. And I wouldn't fucking have it any other way. This show is solely responsible for checking like my potential alcoholism. This show is solely responsible for making me fully immerse myself into gay culture and understanding my peers and understanding what it means to be an HIV AIDS advocate and just wanting so bad to do any and every cause that I can think of that would just positively affect my community. And I am in love with my Gay Expose podcast. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my gay origin story and 
all you really need to know about Ronnie Washburn. So welcome to my Gay Expose podcast. And I hope if you're a new listener, you stick around for more. So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender, and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot, or at least I hope you did. I mean, if you're a loyal listener to the show, maybe you didn't, but maybe there was something in there throughout that story that maybe you didn't fully know from before, and maybe you did learn something new. But if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. And trust me, it gets so much more messy, deranged, and fucked up with every episode that goes by each and every week. <laughs> I promise. Uh, and with that, I actually just kind of want to hear from all of you listeners, like, what the fuck do you think? Like, if you were to tell me your name and two words that would fully describe you, I want to know what it is and why and what are those two descriptors and tell me all about it by giving me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me your gay origin story. Uh, and with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, MyGayExposePodcast.com. And lastly, don't forget the latest piece to the My Gay Expose podcast family. The official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable uh, gay origin story with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will talk about anybody else but me with you next time.
expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.